0: Hey, guys, you are now listening to the Maranatha House Podcast.
1: All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back again. Uh today we're going to go through Hebrews chapter 3. I've got my wife Mo with me.
0: Hello. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say
1: something. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Hello. It's me, Monica. Um we're going back and re-recording something we'd never recorded in the first place, um which is Hebrews chapter 3. So after today, uh we'll be able everything after this chapter has been recorded already. So, praise the Lord. This is the last one we'll have to do, just us together. Backtracking, yeah. Backtracking, so... um, But yeah, so today we're going to talk about Jesus being greater than Moses. um, A greater leader than Moses was. Um, Once again, Hebrews, just for context, this book, we don't know who the author was. And apparently it doesn't matter too much because the Bible doesn't tell us who it is. So, you know, we're not too worried about that. Um... Also, uh, this book was written to an audience that was predominantly Jewish, um, a bunch of Jewish believers in the Lord who were now backtracking and going back to Judaism. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in in the spirit of us talking about Moses today, it's very reminiscent of uh, the Jews in Exodus when they left the, uh, the rule of Egypt. God led them out of bondage and slavery from Egypt and they go out into the desert and they're supposed to be heading to what God's calling the promised land or entering into his rest and, uh, well if you've ever seen the Veggie Tales version of this, it's hilarious but <laughs> the Grandpa Grape is sitting around the campfire and they're complaining about how they're out in the desert and they've just been wandering and uh, Pa Grape says You know, it was great back in Egypt. Let's go back there, you know. We had three square square meals meals a day. day.
0: (laughs) Snorkeling in the Nile. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, it was paradise. (laughs) And then there's one little random, I've never seen this veggie (laughs) in my whole life. And he just looks at him and says, we were in slavery. (laughs) And it's so funny. But, I mean, it's very true how even This is about the Jewish people, but even for us today, how many times do we go back to our bondage, mm-hmm. back to the thing that enslaved us because it's either comfortable or we're just uh, apathetic or passive yeah. about what is in the future?
0: Or you see immediate results. Right. Like at least there I had this. Right, right. having to sit here and wait.
1: Right. Back then I had certainty, but now mm-hmm. I feel like I have uncertainty. Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm just going to pray and then Moe's going to read Hebrews 3. Um, so Father, we just love you and we thank you for today. Thank you that we can go back and read through your word. I just pray that, um, uh, both mine and Monica's words would be your words today, that we would honor you and that you would just teach everyone who's listening, um, something new about your heart today. Give us fresh revelation of who you are. We love you and we honor you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. So Moe's gonna read now.
0: Okay. Three. Yep. Ready? Chapter. Three. Okay. I was like, wait, <laughs> double thinking. Where are we? Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all of his house, for this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built the house, who built all things, is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all of his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast to the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested Me, tried Me, and saw My works forty years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart, and they have not known My ways. So I swore in My wrath they should not enter My rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. In departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not those who had sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but those who did not obey? So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. Mm. Pain. I have a side note before we go Go on. I feel like this chapter, for me, would be very helpful to read with my eyes. Mm. Like, I'm glad I read it because there's so many, like, his, he, his, and some of them are capitalized and some of them are not. So, like, my words might be confusing because right. I'm saying he and then him. and But he's, like, comparing Moses and God a lot, of, or right. Jesus a lot. So, just a pro tip, read it with your eyes, too, because it might make more sense.
1: Yeah, life hack.
0: Yeah, life yeah. hack. Read with your <laughs> eyeballs.
1: <laughs> or or even better, play it on your Bible app. Let the verse play through and read it as you're listening. Ooh. Game changer.
0: Double yeah,
1: double portion. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna go back to uh, the beginning of this uh, this chapter. So verse one um, says, "Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all of God's house." So right here, the writer is automatically building a comparison. Now, I love whoever wrote this book. I can't wait to meet them one day. Mm-hmm. But they just uh, don't hesitate to step on all the toes of Jewish people. <laughs> you know, like the Jewish people are have high respect for the law, high respect for the angels, high respect for Moses. And mm-hmm. the writer has now in three chapters, um, or maybe the first or second page of his letter, his original manuscript, uh He's dumped on all of them, not mm-hmm. to disrespect them, obviously. They're still good in their own right. But he's compared them to Jesus to say, Jesus is way greater than these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's already gone through um, some of like the law, and he's gone through at least the angels pretty, pretty roughly the last two chapters. Um, and now he's going to be talking about Moses. He compares Moses and Jesus both as apostles and high priests. Um, what is an apostle? The word apostle it just means a s- one sent by God. Mm-hmm. Moses, we all know from uh, Exodus, was called specifically by the Lord to do a specific task uh, on behalf of the people. Um, and so that's what makes him an apostle. Um, and it's similar to Jesus. So they, they have very similar roles. Um, they both serve in God's house household so very interesting verse 3 says for jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than moses as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself and we all know that moses got to see god's backside uh which was awesome it left his face shining for days Mm -hmm. um the the israelites all told him to wear a veil to hide his face from them because his face was so shiny. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's just from God's backside. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, But Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than that. Um, I can only imagine what it looked like when Jesus, like, uh, when he, like, showed back up after he died. Right. You know, walking around with the nail scars in his hands, like... I know he hadn't been fully glorified at that point but I can only imagine that he looked pretty shiny mm-hmm. you know yeah. and then one day we're going to see him riding on the clouds uh returning to us and then we're going to see him really shining revelation 1 mm-hmm. you know i know that your eyes are a flame of fire and your hair like wool feet like bronze mm-hmm. like he's going to be such a magnificent sight to behold
0: mm-hmm. Um, Also here, I don't know if you've even gotten to it yet. Go ahead. But is he's like, Moses was really faithful in what he did, but what he was doing was for Jesus, right? Who's a part of God's house, right? So it's like, yeah, he was faithful, but who was he faithful to? Yeah. The whole point is that Jesus is greater. Yeah. So. Just
1: comparing Yeah, yeah, we we're about to get to that one. So okay. that's like perfect. Every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. That's verse four. Verse five says, Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. Um so yeah, I love that. Like Moses was faithful. Like, to God. But he was also faithful to Jesus, because Jesus was the son. Mm-hmm. And, like, Moses was a servant. Um, how much greater it is to have the son serving in the house. Right. Rather than just the hired servant. Mm-hmm. Um, it just speaks a lot to the character of God. And uh, his desire for uh, this whole thing we call life and salvation and all this stuff is that he would have an earthly human family. Yeah. Um, God is very big on family. Um, so I just think that's really cool. Um, I was going to say, too, like, if you've studied any eschatology, which I know not many people have, but this is for those who maybe have, um, there's that passage, the weird story in the Gospels when... Uh, on Jesus takes a couple people up with him. I think it's Peter and John, maybe. Um, and he takes them up to the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. And they go up there, and all of a sudden appears Moses and Elijah. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it's Elijah. And they're, like, shining in glory. And Peter's like, yo, oh, my gosh. Well, how about this? I'll make a couple tents so we can all stay, like, mm-hmm. so we can hang out here for a couple of days. Because this... What's happening is awesome,
0: yeah,,
1: <laughs> um, and Jesus is like i don't I can't remember what Jesus responds, but it's just a very interesting story. Why is Jesus meeting with these two? Mm-hmm. And um, if you studied eschatology, one thing in the book of Revelation is that the uh uh there will be two witnesses near the end uh, uh, of the world, as you will, but two witnesses for the Lord, and they're going to come back." Um, and they're going to preach the gospel with power. They're going to have power to perform miracles and all this stuff, and then um, they're going to get stoned by the people and killed, and then they're going to resurrect, like, the next day, and they're going to walk right back into the city and prophesy again. Right. And they're, like, prophesying the they're the forerunners, like John the Baptist was, prophesying the return of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, some would say that that's, you know, that they're just... We don't know who those people are going to be yet, but in Jewish uh, thought with eschatology, the idea is, one, that it's going to be Elijah, um, and then, two, that the, the second witness would be Moses because he was such a great leader and because of that appearance on the Mount of Transfiguration. Yeah. So Moses is a big deal, basically, yeah. and he had a very high respect in the eyes of Jewish people. Um, I mean, he was like the savior of the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. He was the the Messiah of the Old Testament for the people, but yeah. he was a human Messiah. Like, he wasn't the promised one, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, he still fell He short. was
1: a picture of, yeah. you know, what was to come, the greater Messiah, which yeah. is Jesus.
0: Just, it was Peter, James, and John.
1: Peter, James, and John. And it's cool.
0: Matthew 17.
1: Matthew chapter 17. People want to look at it. Up. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, everybody look that up and read it. It's fun times. Um, so, let's keep going. Uh, chapter or verse 7 says therefore as the holy spirit says today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years therefore i was provoked with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart they have not known my ways as i swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest it says take care brothers lest there be in any of you an evil unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living god but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Um, so, I
0: like
1: your yeah, I'm reading out of the ESV. <laughs>
0: that flowed way better
1: than I feel like. Yeah, <laughs> ESV is nice and easy to read, and I think it's a pretty decent translation. So,
0: yeah.
1: um, so that, quoted portion in verses 7 through 11 is uh from psalm 95 um and really it's just recount recalling the story of exodus uh, how the israelites were saved they were uh brought out of uh bondage and into the desert like god was leading them to his rest but throughout their time in the desert they would uh fall to believing in false gods or Mm -hmm. worshiping false gods you know there's so many stories of that and their their hearts kept going astray um and so god swears to them like as i swore my wrath they shall not enter my rest Mm -hmm. these people have put me to the test um so the writer david i'm guessing and if it's a psalm is prophetically really saying like um today if you hear his voice don't harden your hearts like don't be like those who were rebelling against the lord in the desert but like receive him like he's received the lord as your king and your your um your god Mm um i just think that's really important um
0: yeah, also, I always feel like there's so much hope in that. Mm-hmm. Like, while today's still today, like, you still have a chance. Right. Even if you've hardened your heart, or even if you are being rebellious and not obeying, yep. like, while today's still today, there's still a chance.
1: Yeah, and that's verse 10. Exhort one another every day as long as it is called today.
0: Or, not 10, 13.
1: 13, sorry. Uh, as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened in the deceitfulness of sin. Mm-hmm. Calling the. Us to like keep encouraging one another yeah don 't give up like don 't go back mm-hmm. uh, that that 's what the Israelites wanted to do in the Old Testament. They wanted to go back to Egypt uh, because where they were was either uncomfortable they didn 't know where their next meal was going to come from they didn 't see any uh, of god 's promises coming to fulfillment anytime soon because all they saw was desert, but is right. because their perspective was so fixed on their situation and not fixed on the, the the one who led them out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one could argue that they didn't practice remembrance, which God calls them to so many times in the Old Testament. The word zahor. Right. We've talked about that uh, here at our church, is that like remembrance is so important, and it's prophetic to look back on what God has done to look forward to the future. Yeah? Yeah. Um, So we're almost done here. Um, Verse 14 talks about that uh, we've come to share with Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Um, And that's an idea that was already spoken earlier in verse 6, holding fast our confidence and boasting in our hope. What does it mean to hold fast to our confidence? It just means keep going. Mm
0: -hmm. Hold
1: fast to, to your belief in the Lord really what this all boils down to, and we repeat it so much throughout reading the book of Hebrews, is God is looking for a people that are, are loyal believers. Mm-hmm. Um, that we would have believing loyalty uh, throughout all of our lives, meaning we wouldn't falter. Like even when we have doubts, we have testings, we have trials, that we always will believe that God is true, to his word, that God is going to uh, bring salvation, that he hears us, that he's with us at all times. Um, And that's what saves us. Mm -hmm. Uh, I could bring up the story of Caleb and Joshua uh, when they sent the spies into the land uh, The promised land mm-hmm. And there's 12 spies And 10 of them saw giants And all they saw was Oh we can't beat these giants They're way too large And we don't have the manpower to fight them So right. we're not even going to go try to take that in Even though the Lord has told us to go Caleb and Joshua on the other hand Are like if the Lord says we can have it Then we're going to go for it
0: Yeah,
1: He's the one who will fight the battle for us mm-hmm. And um, Funnily enough All the other spies, the ten spies, they all died. All the people who've, you know, thought. Yeah, everyone who didn't obey the Lord was—they were rebelling, saying that they knew better than the Lord. Right. Where Joshua and Caleb were simply obeying and believing him, Mm -hmm. that he was going to do what he said he would do, and those were the ones that got to inherit the the kingdom or, or in their their way got to enter into his rest. Yeah. Um. So I'm just going to read these last couple of verses, so we can finish up. Um, verse 15 says, "As it is said today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those those who left Egypt, led by Moses, and with whom he was he provoked for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness, and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief." And that's really what we just talked about, right? Um, but that last verse, we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. God provided everything for them to enter in, to inherit the promise, yet they stopped believing, mm-hmm. and that is what the writer is calling uh, these people to do. Don't go back, like mm-hmm. just because you're being persecuted right now, don't go back. Don't yeah. neglect the salvation, like. God is faithful and he will come through, but you gotta trust him. Mm -hmm. You gotta walk with him and you gotta keep believing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love, like you brought it up earlier, that the writer is like a coach. He's not like beating them up. You know, your opportunity is just about done. Like he doesn't say it that way. He says, no, while today's still today.
0: Yeah.
1: Can you call today today? Then the option. For being saved is still there Yeah, the option for salvation is still there choose to believe choose to obey
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I think that's pretty much all I have
0: yeah I think like going when we talked about this live uh-huh. <laughs> with our church um, in real time we talked a lot about um, I think 12 and 13 exhorting one another and how yeah. even our exhortation to one another can keep us from the deceitfulness of sin. Right. So it's almost like when you're stuck in a pattern of deceitful sin or unbelief, it's much easier to to fall away from the Lord and to mm-hmm. disobey him. But when you have someone cheering you on or exhorting you, like, that is the glue that yeah. holds us together. And it can keep us moving forward. Right. And just another sign of, like, we need each other. Yeah. It's a call to action. Even if you are believing, you're not struggling with unbelief. Okay, are you exhorting one another? Right. It's a call to exhort others because there are people who are struggling with that. Yeah. And maybe they just need to hear your exhortation. Yeah. 100%. So it's a practical like this is a takeaway. Yeah. We need to practice exhorting one another. Right.
1: Yeah. We have to be one, be open with one another, but two, be willing to challenge and like just encourage one another. Mm-hmm. Um, like we have a unique opportunity as a house church because we're so small to be close with all everyone. Mm-hmm. And like when we do that, I know that when we do that, when everybody comes together and we're open and we talk about stuff, we see results. We see people being encouraged. Yeah. We see people having uh, faith and being built up to, you know, go tackle whatever their you know, their uh, issues are Mm -hmm. and so it's just a really big deal to practice that no matter where you are if you find yourself in a big church get into a small group you Mm -hmm. know invite a couple people over to your house for dinner like do something to where you're actually talking about it because if you just sit and stew in your own thoughts and never talk to anybody uh, it can lead to what the bible calls the deceitfulness of sin yeah um so I think that's all we got. Yeah, I'm good to go. Yep. All right. Well, guys, thank you all for listening. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, we got more coming, and uh, yeah, other than that, God bless. We'll God talk to you bless. later.
0: Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you have been blessed by today's teaching. And as always, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus.